Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, April 16th, a day after tax day. Hope all you boys and girls got your taxes filed away, ready to go. Come on, get that direct deposit, coming back with the refund, and then put it all on some pro athletics gear later in the week. But more importantly, we've got a new number one team in the nation a team that's probably used to being on top of the polls, but the Maryland Terps, the new king on the mountaintop, Jake, new blood at the top. How are we feeling this week? I mean, you had to see this coming, right? You know, you you had to to see – I mean, Maryland looks like the most – I mean, outside of the other – you know, outside of the ACC, Maryland looks to be the most complete team, so – um, I mean, now you can even get, I mean, we can even go into the territory of, you know, is Maryland's strength of schedule strong enough for them to be at the top? Like we could get, we could, we could go down that path. We, we could make some people mad. I, uh, we we I, can start talking about it. Here's the thing that like, cause I, I do think that there is a, a conversation to be had about that because we've mentioned before on this very podcast, on these airwaves that you're listening to right now, um, the Big Ten, for the most part, sucks ass this year. Um, so, yeah, like, does Maryland kind of have a, an, an easy go at it to be 8-0 right now, being able to, you know, play against uh, Michigan twice, even though, you know, Michigan did give them a bit of a scare. Um, uh, you know, being able to play against, you know, a, a team like Penn State who seems to have just given up on their season. Um, Hopkins, who are, you know, they're dead to Jake. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten – not quite as strong, so I I don't see Maryland giving up that top spot anytime soon. I mean, they have a, you know, what what do they close out the season with? I think they still have Ohio State and Hopkins again. Um, seems to be like ten and zero is in in store for the Terps. Um, meanwhile, you've got you know the ACC. Just this is the point of the season where they're just gonna they're they're just gonna murder each other to death. It's it's gonna be a um, what what would be the a, a quintuple homicide? Is that is that five? Yes, correct. That's five. So so we've got a, a quintuple homicide, uh, quintuple murder suicide happening right now in the ACC uh, with Notre Dame taking down Duke, handing them their first loss of the season. Uh, Virginia handing North Carolina another loss on the year. Um, so these teams are just beating the shit out of each other. Um, and, and listen. We're not forgetting about it either. The CAA is also doing the same thing right now. Obviously, uh, you know, none of those teams are maybe at the, at the same level as the ACC, considering we have four out of the five ACC teams all in the top five. And I think the best CAA team right now would still be Hofstra, even probably with that loss to Towson, although I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this, this weird scheduled year, which, you know, listen, we're not, we're not going to take anything for granted here. Like we're, we're pumped that there's lacrosse to be played. Um, especially cause there are some teams kind of like a, like a Marist, which we'll talk about later who um, you know, they're, they're not able to play. So we'll take whatever schedule we can get, but we're seeing right now where um, you know, some of these teams that are just playing in their own conference uh, it's, it's, it's definitely having a pretty big impact on this year. Would you say? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I, I, I mean, 
I mean, look at Maryland, right? You're going to, you're not really getting, I mean, yes, the, you've got Rutgers, who's a, who's a pretty, probably the strongest team in their conference, and they beat them by seven goals the first time and four the second time. So outside of the Big Ten, Maryland has not been tested. Yes, I mean, Logan was, you know, between Logan Wisnowskis and Jared Bernhardt, you've, they've almost got 100 points between the two of them. So um, yeah. it's tough because, like, you can't discount Maryland because you know that Maryland is Maryland. and they've been, they, Anybody who knows lacrosse knows what I'm talking about. But at the same time, you look at, um, you look at Notre Dame, Duke, uh, and the rest of the ACC, and you're like, what? Well, you know, well, Maryland hasn't played anybody, you know, any of those teams yet, so you really don't know how Maryland stacks up. Um, I, I want to see if I can get you to say something right now. I kind of want to, I kind of want to, um, oh no. kind of mani- oh no. manipulate this take out of you. Okay. Um, what would you say that? Uh, just playing in a shit conference the way that the Big Ten has been this year, um, do you think that that's going to hurt Maryland's chances of winning a national championship in Memorial Day weekend? Do you think that the fact that you want me to you want me to say this on the podcast because you know I'll get DMs from people telling me that just like I should wrap my truck around a tree or something, and it, it'll all be people. There, every single one of them, their profile picture will be the Maryland flag. <laughs> People don't get the, you know, people don't understand. There's, there's, there's two Marylands. There's a redneck Maryland, and then there's like the city. So those are those guys outside the city. They still fly Confederate flags and drive big trucks and stuff. It's fucking, it's insane. Um, but, but would you say though that not being as tested as an ACC team, do you think that that'll, you know, let let's say we get into the quarterfinals, and you know they're finally they they've got a a tight, highly contested game. Meanwhile, who would okay, okay? I can I can see a particular scenario where this may not play out well. Who would they draw in the first round? It's usually a layup, right? It's like it, a, it would be like a, like a Richmond or like, like a, a Richmond, like second like place a, in the yeah. pa- you know second place in the Patriot League or something like that, right? Yeah. So they get past their first. So yes, they get to the quarterfinals. Let's say, um, let's say they draw a strong ACC team in the quarterfinals, right? I think that they have the potential to drop that game because they're not, they might not be prepared for the speed of play. Yes, they have, they play, they practice with themselves. They are like a very like disciplined team, but like if somebody gets out there and jumps on them, it's possible that you could see Maryland, you know, I love it has it. to I, affect. I, wanted, I wanted this take out there. I love it. I love it. Has it. To, it has to, it has to play playing the same five teams has to affect you in some way out of the outside of the ACC when you're clearly the best team in the conference, unless you're the university of Alabama and you're playing in the SEC and you're a championship contender, Maryland. Uh, see, now you could argue that too, because Maryland is kind of like, I, I, this, uh, this, this is the exact take that I, I, I didn't want you to really figure out because this second half of this take where you're walking it back, that's where I'm at. And I didn't, I didn't want you to figure that out while you were still going. So you kind of, yeah. okay. I, I just think they're just so complete there. There's not, there's no weakness. There's no, like, um, they, I, I think that, you know, obviously I think that w- without, um, you know, even without, Duke losing to Notre Dame or, or without whatever. Like, I, I still think that they're probably the best team in college lacrosse. 
I, I, I'm inclined to agree. It's the, you know, my, my, my pro, you know, it's just, oh God, it's such a fucking line to draw. It's, it's such a fucking interesting line to draw because, because yes, playing the same five teams does, it is a problem, but they are the, you know, clearly they're just such a, such a complete team. I just, you know, I, I don't know. They got to be doing something extra in practice to, you know, taking extra shots, making, you know, uh, goalies taking extra shots, face-off guys taking extra, extra reps. Like you got to be just, I, I don't know. I, I don't I just, really know I, I how just, you prepare just, for yeah, it. But, well, yeah, but I would say like, you know, if they're practice, like those defenders are seeing Jared Bernhardt and Logan Wisnowskis in practice True. every single, True. every single day. They're like, yeah, Sowers is a freak. Uh, Chris Gray is a freak. Pat Cavanaugh is a freak. Uh, Stephen Rafis is a freak. So, but like, it's not like they're going to see anything that's different than what, so um, I don't know. Like, again, like I, I can see how, you know, they might struggle at first, like in a, in a game where, you know, they get punched. Cause I, I don't think that they've, again, like there was, there was that moment where Michigan was up on them. But Which like that's hilarious. But that, but that's more just like those guys like going into this game, being like, okay, like we're playing Michigan, like we don't really need to like come out here and, and give it our all because we're Maryland, they're Michigan. Um, so I don't think that Maryland has gotten punched in the mouth this year, and I think that if they go up, you know, or when they go up against an ACC team in the tournament, like they will, there will be a moment where they get punched in the mouth, and you know, uh, maybe North Carolina maybe that offense is able to put in like three quick ones or something like that. So it, it'll be definitely a little hard for them to respond in there. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, uh, I don't know. I, I think that they're also going to be super fresh heading into the tournament as well. And that's, that's and that's kind of where, you know, like we were just how I mentioned before where, you know, the ACC right now, it's a, it's a gauntlet and like these teams, like, yeah, like you're getting battle tested, but it's it's a fucking battle. Like that's the thing. Like you know, you you have to go up. Like Duke has to go up against Pat Cavanaugh. Didn't have much of an answer for that one. Um, you know that I, Duke I game was awful. I've never seen Duke play that bad. That was yeah. that was that was Notre Dame playing great. But at the same time, Duke had what almost thirty turnovers. Yeah, and we're used to seeing Duke have like one or two games like that per year, but like usually that happens in February. Um, you know, this time it just kind of happened in April. But um, you know, that, again, but that shows the the defense that Notre Dame has. Like you look at what they've been able to do so far this season. Um, to hold that Duke offense to under ten goals is absolutely insane. Something that I didn't think was going to be possible this season. Um, you know, they, they held Cuse to right around that 10, 11 range. Um, you know, that game against Virginia came down to the wire and like the first four games of their season, like they weren't against quality opponents, like no offense, uh, you know, Robert Morris or anything like that, but like, um, but they, they took care of business in those games. I don't think that they've given up 10 goals in, in either of those first four games. So, uh, I mean that Notre Dame defense is tough. And, uh, you know, when you play against these high powered offenses, like you got to know, like eventually, yeah, they're going to go on runs, but if you can limit those runs and you can, you know, kind of frustrate some of those players and then they just start, forcing it a little bit more and, and making more turnovers. Like, like you mentioned that Duke did uh, on Saturday, like that's, you know, you, you never like once the tournament comes around, um, 
you know, all, all it takes is getting a couple key guys on an offense frustrated. And once they kind of feel that pressure mounting where, holy shit, like the season might be over, I got to push a little bit more. And then the turnovers just keep mounting up that, uh, you know, that that's how you go on a run in a, in the tournament. So, um, yeah, I, I would say there's, there's been so much to be said about the ACC offense this year. Um, having, having a defense that Notre Dame has, and then as well as, you know, Pat Cavanaugh, um, that that's a, that's a solid recipe for success for a team that we really didn't know much about heading into the season. No, uh, I mean, we saw that they picked up a few transfers here and there, you know, Jack Keelty, you know, a pretty heralded, uh, heralded defenseman, rightfully so holding sours to, you know, pretty much the whole game. Um, I mean, there's not really much more that can be said. This isn't, you know, kind of just repeating what you, what you say, you know, the, the, the power of a good defense now is, this, is the type of thing that, that wins championships as was, you know, the old adage goes, but um, two teams that uh, unfortunately uh, they're going to need a little bit more than a better defense to fend off goals. Uh, Penn state and Johns Hopkins, both losing to Rutgers and Ohio state respectively. Uh, the big 10 stinks. I think the big 10 stinks. I think I'm comfortable saying it. I think the big 10, uh, stinks and it's, it's, it's not it's good. Just, it's just the, the, the issue is that it's just not interesting, right? Because yeah, it's not on, interesting. On, on last week's podcast, we did our, our, uh, college blacks weekend preview and we said exactly what was going to happen. Maryland was going to get their win. Rutgers was going to get their win. Ohio yeah. state was going to get their win. Like there's, you know, like we're we're getting into the point. Like, hey, spring's here. Beautiful weather. Maybe maybe you go outside. You go out to brunch with you know with with the lady or the, or the friends or whatever you go. You know, maybe maybe brunch goes a little long. Then maybe you go back to a friend's. You know, their apartment. You guys are hanging out. The vibes are high. Um, you know, and there's really just like, like there's nothing really in the back of your head that's like, oh shit, guys. Like, can we get the TV on? Like, there's a big big 10 game on right now that I have to watch because you know how it's going to end. Um, so that, yeah, that's like, obviously Hopkins could go up against so many other teams. Like there's 70 some teams in college across in division one college across. Yeah. They could pummel half of them for sure. But the big 10, as far as what it should be and what we know it to be. Yeah. Highly, highly disappointing this year. I agree. I mean, there's, there's not much more to be said about it. Um, yeah. um, you you know, want to talk about parity though. The, the CAA is providing it right now. Um, you know, UMass taking down Hofstra, then Hofstra UMass. taking down UMass and then Towson taking down Hofstra. Um, like this, this, uh, this conference is all over the place right now. And, and none of them are, are necessarily like, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking, you know, I love Ryan Tierney. And he's, you know, he's, he's leading the nation in, in goals, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not really thinking about Hofstra making a run to Memorial day weekend. Uh, I'm not really thinking about Towson sitting there at five and six, making a run towards Memorial day weekend, but like the CAA is at least more interesting than the big 10. That's, that's the point that I was getting to. That's a solid point. I'd take that. Um. Yeah. Uh it still wasn't more interesting than the uh the UNC Virginia game though. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of that. Um, fucking not, nerd. Not sure if you guys saw it on the gram or not, but I was uh, I was pretty busy cooking oh, up. You had like and, eight and briskets, sir. right? We we did eight briskets, ten racks of ribs, uh, about twenty pounds of pulled pork. Sold out in about three hours. Not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking back on the highlights of that game and looking back at the box score right now, um, tough day to be a goalie. That's that's what I'd have to say about that. I mean, even 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 then, uh, you know, Krieg had 15 saves and Rode had 15 saves. It was just kind of a back and forth game, and I mean, every single and uh, you know when they really say that every single person on the field either for UNC or UVA can score it, they mean it because every one of these guys can score. And it's, it was unbelievable the talent that they, that they are able to, you know, that they were able to recruit and put together. It was a great game. Um, the ACC, ACC matchups are, you know, as we, as we've said before, like crap shoots, but like, you know, they're absolute barn burners, but they're so, they're so interesting. You know, even, you know, even the, the Notre Dame Duke game, even with Duke playing like shit, Notre Dame, it was still interesting seeing Notre Dame beat, you know, seeing Duke play shitty and Notre Dame beat them. Like, that was still interesting to watch, right? So, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. There was some, there was still, some insane. Still, still a lot of uh, pent-up frustration from that, uh, that, that 2010 national championship game. Yeah, I think everybody's still salty about that, you know, C.J. Costabile and all. Um, but, it, you know. I think, uh, I mean, it just, it kind of just cements the fact that the ACC is, I mean, all over the place. UNC, UNC's not, I mean, like you, you look at that loss and you're like, well, they could probably beat them next week. They could probably crush them next week. That's the hilarious part. So it's yeah. like, what do you, I mean, what's, like, what do you make of these ACC games when they're just going to play again and the score is going to be completely different? Yeah, I mean that that's two hard fought close losses for UNC in a row with the overtime loss to Duke, following that up with that close loss with a in a barn burner against Virginia. Um so yeah, I mean there there's no reason at all to be worried about North Carolina having two losses in a row. Um obviously it doesn't get any easier for them because you know you finish out with Cuse, Notre Dame and Duke. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the ACC again, they're going to, it's going to be a quintuple murder suicide as they all just beat the shit out of each other. Um, but this is, this is exactly what we've kind of needed to see out of Virginia. I mean, they're still technically the reigning champs. They're the, the last team to win a national championship in division one college lacrosse. Um, and you know we beginning of the season they weren't making like a ton of noise like they it, it wasn't like they were like like an absolute like super team um you know and and then they you know they got spanked by Cuse and all of a sudden people were like all right like you know maybe uh you know maybe, maybe it's just not virginia's year like maybe you know that this group they had their time they got a ring like good on you but you know may, maybe it's maybe it's over for the Cavs. These last few games that they've had, they're they're turning it on, and it's um, it, it's definitely not a, a good sight to see if you are one another ACC opponent um, or two anybody who has hopes of going to Memorial Day weekend because you know just looking back on that box, like just seeing 
the guys who really showed up, who really showed, um, you know, kind of took over that game. Those are the guy, like, those are your horses that you need. Like, you know, we, we can talk about depth all you want. We can talk about, um, you know, guys who, you know, you don't necessarily think about stepping up in big time, stepping up in big time. But like at the end of the day, whoever has the most stallions, like you're going to, they're going to go, they're going to win. And Virginia has all their charging right now. So, and you know, at a, at a pretty good time. So, um, you know, only about, you know, a month, month and a half left to go for them. So pretty good time to start peaking. Um, so yeah, I mean, Virginia pretty much right where Lars Tiffany, I'm sure would want them to be at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're going to see, you know, this is a crazy take, but we will see one of these ACC teams in the national championship, uh, pretty soon. But I mean, which one kind of just depends on who shows up. They're, Um, They're all tournament teams, right? Yeah, no, all of them are. Like, I mean, who gets snubbed? I mean, at this point, like, I guess, like, the closest would be Cuse, but, like, I don't know how you would snub them. I mean, technically, if you look at ACC play, North Carolina is one and two. They're fourth in the ACC. Duke's two and one. Notre Dame's two and one. Virginia's two and two. Cuse and North Carolina are both one and two. You know, and Carolina is probably for – you know, all intents and purposes, you know, on the same, uh, on, you know, the perfect day, they're my pick probably for that best team out there. So interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of the weekend and, and this past week goes, um, Patriot League play looks like Army and Lehigh are pretty much solidifying themselves as those top two teams in the Patriot. Lehigh took down Navy. Uh, Another huge game out of the Misselberger, Mike Sisselberger. Um, Beast. So, yeah, he, he, he kept it rolling against Navy. Uh, Army took down Loyola. So, I mean, those are, those are all teams right now that, you know, can be in the hunt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that right now, like, you look at the top 10 teams in – most of the polls that you like, obviously some of the polls have, you know, minor, minor differences here and there, but I think we're pretty set on like who the top 10 teams in the nation are like who the top, like who those 10 teams who you could see making a, a run to, you know, like the, the final eight teams, um, you know, once you, once you get those quarterfinal crop of teams, the rest of them, I think we, we we've seen enough lacrosse so far this year to know that there's there's a decent amount of teams that probably aren't going to be much of a threat to the teams like Maryland and Duke and Virginia trying to add another uh ring to their trophy case. So I mean, but you know those it just makes it you know championship weekend's going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, as as the kids at least 2 years ago said, it's going to be a movie. I don't know if kids. Where is championship weekend this year? Annapolis or something? No, I I, I want to say it's like Hartford. Um, I might have to cut that. I could be totally wrong here, but I'm going to. I think you're right. Um, but I I, I know it's in a smaller venue this year. 
Um, and I'm, I'm going to keep talking to kind of fill this dead air. It's, I think I remember yeah. Hartford. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So quarterfinals will be, uh, at Hofstra and Notre Dame and then final four will be in Hartford. So, um, then I'm, I'm pretty sure it comes back to Philly the year after that. I, yeah, nobody cares. Well, shut the fuck up. No, it comes back, <laughs> <laughs> it comes back to Philly in 2023. Um, Speaking, though, of locations, uh, this week, the Premier Lacrosse League, they unveiled their 2021 season schedule. Um, so they will be kicking things off just the same way that they did in 2019 by heading to the home that Chris Hogan built, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, uh, and it'll all end September 19th in Washington, D.C. in uh, Audi? How do you say Audi or Audi? The car. And uh, I say Audi. I guess I say Audi too. I think I say Audi. I'm sure. I am positive that is not the way to say it. But I'm Audi uh, seems Audi, fine to me. I don't Audi, give a fuck. Audi. I don't know. I'm Audi, not much of a car guy. I've got a 2017 Jeep Patriot, and it fucking sucks. So I'm not a car guy. Um, Definitely but yeah, not so, a car guy. So it'll end in uh, Washington, D.C., and we've got nine other trips along the way. They make a, another stop down your way. Of course Atlanta, they do. Georgia in, in week number two. Uh, then they will obviously they, – they've got to make a stop at Homewood Field because you can't have a PLL season without a trip there. Uh, so Homewood. Then, uh, then uh, we, we go to Hofstra. Then we've got Minneapolis. So Minnesota, all, all you Minnesota nice people up there, you, you guys get a little crack at some PLL action. Uh, All-Star Weekend will be in San Jose. Then we go to Colorado. Then the Dane train in Albany gets another chance to show out. Uh, then they go back to Utah, little paying a little homage to the bubble last year. The semifinals will be right here in Philadelphia and then Washington. So, uh, any any surprises on your end when it comes to the schedule? Uh, any anything stand out to you particularly? Um, I, I dig the theme. Uh, I, I dig the theme of of playing on on native lands. I I, I love that. Um, you know the land acknowledgement um, piece. Uh, and if you know if that's the theme, I, I really don't have to to gripe about it. Um, I don't, I don't see there's, you don't see there's any reason for me to gripe about it. Um, I know that some people were, I mean, Salt Lake city, that's, that's a, that's a fantastic venue, you know, seeing as I was just there, um, Minneapolis in July, if you're, if you're going to go to the Salt Lake city weekend of the PLL and you're riding your bike there, make sure that you carry some spares with you. All right. You don't want to carry some tubes, go tubeless. Yeah. Don't want to get a flat on your, on your way to the game. No, you definitely don't take it from me. Um, I thought the Colorado Springs one was interesting. Um, it's been a while since I've been in Colorado Springs. I wonder if they're playing on the field that I, that I think they're playing on. I'm going to look that up while I'm talking. But at the same time, I was surprised they didn't go back to Texas. And I was surprised some of the southwestern United States didn't get, uh, didn't get a, a – I guess you could say we'd call this like get a bid, right? Yeah, I would think that Arizona would be a huge one, although playing in Arizona in July, you'd have to play the games at like 730 in the morning, right? So I, 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 don't, I don't exactly 
Okay, that's Widener Field. Looks like it's the Colorado Springs, like, uh, or like the, the Colorado State. Um, oh, it's just a field in Colorado Springs. Anyway, um, I, I was surprised that we didn't see more of the southern, the southern area, like the southern states in there. But at the same time, you just have to remember how fucking hot it is. You know, somebody asked, they're like, well, why not Texas? It's like, okay, so you want these guys, these professional athletes to come play games in Texas in the middle of the summer? Or are you on drugs? So I, I get that. And I, but at the same time, um, you know, it, I mean, you, you're choosing Atlanta in June. It's not like it's going to be chilly, you know. So I don't know. How do you feel about it? I, so I think – this year, I, I think it was probably pretty important for the league to hit a lot of these hotbeds of lacrosse because, like, you're only going to have, uh, you know, limited capacity, I would imagine, at most of these stadiums. And you want to make sure that, you know, with how much money that the league probably lost last year with having to go to a bubble um, and, and not getting those ticket sales, like the league probably has a decent amount of money that they need to make up. So you have to hit, you have to just, you have to play the hits. You know, you got to go to these hotbeds. You got to go yeah, to Boston. You yeah. got to go to Baltimore because you know, however many tickets that they have in Baltimore, they're going to sell all of them in matter of minutes. You have to go to Long Island. Um, Albany, Philly, and then like Atlanta, like I, I would say that Atlanta is a hotbed for lacrosse, like a, a newer hotbed, but I mean, you've guys, you guys have had the blaze. You guys have had the swarm for quite some time. You guys have produced some of, you know, the, some elite talent in college across, like, especially with the Solomon family. So, um, you know, Atlanta, I would say as far as like Southern cities go, is probably the city that is most like familiar with lacrosse. Um, so if you, if you're going to hit a Southern city, you got to go to Atlanta. Um, San Jose. I mean, that's just for an all-star game and the league's based in California. So whatever. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, Salt Lake city's getting there too. So like, these are all cities, um, Minneapolis too. Like, I, I don't know if people necessarily think about Minnesota as a, as a lacrosse state. Um, but definitely is. Yeah, that definitely is a lacrosse. They definitely get a ton of crossover with the hockey lax uh, combo there in Minnesota. So it, these are all places where you know that however many tickets you're allowed to sell, however many fans you're allowed to have in the stadiums for these, they're going to get them. So I, I just don't think that the league could afford to take a chance on a place like Texas where like, hey, yeah, like the, the sport is growing there, but are they going to get the turnout that they need to make sure that they can make that revenue? Um, so I, I think that that's probably one of the main factors behind the scheduling. Um, the one thing that does stand out to me is so as opposed to 2019 this year, we will now be having some Friday night games to go along with our Saturday and Sunday. So that's, that's huge. Um, I think those Friday night games are going to be just an awesome way to get the weekend started. Um, so, I mean, they, they all, I, I don't think that we have, all right. So I'm, I'm seeing a couple, none. Yeah. J just one, I think 6 PM Eastern game. So, um, you know, the, they'll all be just in time, you know, if get off work, 
get home, get a little dinner, maybe invite a couple of the boys over, get the drinks flying, and then Friday night lacks um, pretty much all summer long. So I think that that'll be awesome. Yeah, and they're they're all. I mean, they're they're just such good games. Every you know, last. I mean, first season was great. Uh, season two was pretty good too. Uh, but you know, I think adding you know the the you know, adding Lyle, adding the new guys, the MLL guys, like this is you know it, it's something special and it's something that we're you know I know I'm looking forward to. So. Um, it's going to be a nice little, you know, rotation of venues. I mean, I, I, th- I think that's great. I'll be at the Atlanta one for sure. I know that you'll probably, you know, you'll be at the the Philly one when they're, what is that, semifinals, I guess. So, and whatever, you know, close ones you can make it to, I'm sure you'll go to, to as well. So, uh, Peel, I mean, I, I, you know, what year did they do, like, they released the cities one by one. It was annoying as fuck. Was it the that first was, year? That was, that was the first year, yeah. yeah. The first year, I was like, just tell us the cities. <laughs> so just just give me the slate, right? But, you know, in the end, it actually was, you know, kind of cool to think about, you know, city by city. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm pumped. New, you know, extra team. Uh, cool. You know, lots of guys playing. Going to be great. Yeah. Um, it'll also be interesting to see what happens with that Friday, June 4th, first game of the season, Cannons and Redwoods. At Gillette Stadium? I mean... Do, 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 do you have yeah. to... Do, Make does, it any does, more does, obvious? Does Hogan have to be on the roster? Like he ha- Yeah, he's got to be, right? He has to be. I just – I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's a fantastic athlete. But, like, I mean, Chris Hogan, who's been playing in the NFL for that long, is he going to – like, what – I don't I – would, I would love to see him come in and just be fucking filthy. Like, he's just, like, waking up at 4 a.m. every morning just hammering shots. He's shooting a bucket of 250 balls every single day. He's on the wall getting, like, 900 reps in both hands. Like, what if he I – would, I would love if he came in and just dominated. He won't, but I would love it, like, just to shut everybody up. I mean, okay. So, this is 2009 stats. He had 34 points, which – Yeah, but, that, but that's before Brady was in his life. Yeah, 2000. I mean, 2009, he started it. Or 2007, he got about 20 points. Um, I, th- I think a, it, a ground ball beast. Looks I think like. if I think if he just got one or two <laughs> drops of Tom Brady's blood on him at any point during his tenure with the Patriots, he's good for. I just I I think ten, like ten, ten goals, 25 assists this year. If if he got just two drops of Brady's blood on him. I Ball bet his – yeah, I agree. I, I bet his feet are ridiculous. So, like, I bet he's, he would either be, A, a monster in transition or, B, a fantastic short stick D mid who could push transition. That would I'll be, say, yeah, like – I mean, just, just have him on there for the clear, you know? Yeah, I mean, he could be your human, human clear, right? Like, you're not going to – you mean, he's going to run a fucking slant route and, you know, Nick Acello is going to fall over, right? And that would be fucking hilarious. I'd love for him to just cross up Acello in the middle of the field. Not that we shit on Ocello every single podcast. People I do forget try to that he played football at Notre Dame. That's right, and he was in the Fiesta Bowl. He missed that tackle, right? So, um, or he made that tackle. I, I know, I don't know. But there's some some joke about the Fiesta Bowl in there. Um, but uh, as the uh, as the the title of the episode says, this this is a a, a mailbag episode. Um, so we got your guys' questions from. <sighs> 
we got you guys questions. There's some pretty good ones. I huff because there's some terrible ones, but I mean, they, I, I will, I will, I will go um, for a solid one from, from a solid one to start. Uh, would Jake let Kark cut it, Kark cut his hair? I don't know. Cause Kark, cause Paul likes the high and tight, right? Like he likes the high and tight. He's real traditional. I think, you know, he's a talker. I think it would start out. I wouldn't have any hair left. He would have just given me something, you know, way too close. Um, not, not to have people crash your wedding, but just what, what month is your wedding in? It's a set. It's a September, September wedding. Okay. So I, I think, or I guess you probably have to have the hair for the wedding just cause it's, yeah. it's okay. So I think after the wedding though, once those pictures are done with, <laughs> let, let cart go for it. I, I, I think we get Kark on the line and uh see see what we can do and then we'll yeah don't, don't, then we'll donate some of those luscious locks and it'll just be pe- people helping people i would i would do it for that i would i would i would meet kark somewhere and then you know i'd fly up to whatever we'd hang out in philly and then i'd go to where kark is and we could do a little okay, do a there, little thing there, there's a there, there's a maggiano's it's an italian restaurant you can probably I was find kark there <laughs> Uh, wherever the best chicken parm is, yeah. and he's got a, He's got like the, the booth with the with his name you know, preserved for Paul Carcaterra. You know, every every night of the week. Um, so I think I think we landed on a maybe on that question. We let la- we landed on a maybe. Okay. Um, we landed on a maybe. Uh, who would win at a fight, Jordy or Jake? That's me. Obviously, I could literally pick up Jordy with one hand and throw him across the, the, the size, the size difference between us. Not that we short shame on this podcast. Okay. There's but, a significant but, size difference, but you are a little bit scrappier than I am. So like pound you, for you, pound, pound, pound for pound. I outweigh you by like 60 pounds. All right. Well, I'm bringing a gun. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Jordy's got a gun. Then I'm fucked. All right. So <laughs> it's Jordy with a gun. How's that? Um, will we ever be getting crease dive merch? Okay. We get this so, question a lot. Go ahead, Jordy. All right. So crease dive merch. This is literally like your guys' fault. And, and I don't want to come out here super hot and attack the listeners, but I'm going to do that right now. Listen, I would love to put merch on the Barstool website. I would love to have it out there. Um, but a couple years ago, we dabbled in it. We, we put out like a Barstool lax shirt and like seven of you guys bought it. So like if, if you guys promised that you would buy shirts, if you guys promised that you would buy merch, like, yeah, like we would send designs into Barstool and they'd be like, okay, cool. We'll put it up on the site, but like you guys have to buy it. So like, we can't just make merch and then just like tweet it out one day and you guys be like, oh damn, like that, that's, that's cool. Like, uh, yeah. And then it's the end of it. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just, you know what, if you're listening to this right now, and you would like to buy some merch and, and we could get some, some solid designs flowing around, send us a DM. Just be like, hey, man, like I would, you know, I would buy a shirt if it, if it looks good enough. Um, and if we get enough of those, then we'll start sending in some designs to the sales team. Um, but we can't just like make merch just for you guys to be like, hey, um, just get in. I'm not going to buy it. And then we sell five shirts and then I end up looking like a dickhead and get fired. So that's the answer to that one. Yeah, and it's not like you know Jordy lives in constant fear of being fired or anything like that. So um, let's let's not you know increase that anxiety 
in anybody's mind. That that may or may not exist. It's none of my business. Um, <laughs> your face is always so funny when I make the joke. Um, this one from one of uh, one of our my faithful reply guys, Patrick. What is y'all's least favorite part of Club Lax? Now, I think he means like summer club. Okay. <sighs> Okay, I, I, I think I got it. It's when the boys, it's when we're out of town and we've been practicing, I don't know, how often do you, you, when you coach summer club, how, how, how long do you get, how often do you guys practice? You get like a, like a Tuesday, Thursday practice and Saturday. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday practice and then your Saturday games, right? You guys had a really upbeat practice Tuesday, upbeat practice Thursday. First game's 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. They're flat. That shit pisses me off so hard right that is the word that when when you when you guys had two great practices and you come out and you're flat in your first game that I'm, makes I'm me so mad what 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 age group are you thinking of right now i have so it happens all the time i got 2026 20, which is seventh graders they oh, okay. are okay. asleep yeah, you, you get, in the morning you can, get, you can get mad at seventh graders for i can get mad at seventh graders yeah. when the high yeah, yeah. i i honestly when the high school guys do it it's like they can get better at halftime you know, it's like, hey, they kind of like the high school guys are a little bit different because they require a little bit less coaching because like they're like, hey, you kind of know what's going on. Right. They're like, yeah, yeah. OK, I got it. So they kind of bring themselves together. That shit's annoying. Right. But that's a very niche thing. The other thing, the only, I fortunately, I've always had coached with clubs that have pretty good parents. But like. I'm not a huge fan of like getting like critique by a parent or something like that. Parents, you know. parents are the parents are the worst part about coaching every single time, every day. I agree. I agree. And I, you know, I, I like, you know, I, again, like, I think my philosophy is like, okay, you've been trusted. You've entrusted this program with your money and your kid. You have to trust us in some facet that we're going to be beneficial, right. To, to your kid. Right. Not that we're trying to, you know, so yeah, I'd say it's other than my very niche anger, about a flat Saturday, 8 a.m. game, it's got to be, it's got to be the parents. Yeah. I, I would um, like to know how many times that's happened to you for you to be that, <laughs> that angry. About a lot, it. a lot. That <laughs> early slot just is, is such a killer. I have a, I have a team right now that's a second half team. And if we don't come out hot in the first, I need to like, like, you know, uh, get the espresso machine, like in kicking and screaming, like, all right, boys, two shots for every game. Let's go. And then just, you know, the parents, you know, sue me in civil court for giving their kids too much caffeine or something yeah, like that. I, I just, I just spike all my kids' water bottles with Red Bull. Because, um, because it I, I would say I, I just think that there are too many club teams these days, and I, and I don't know if this is necessarily the case in Atlanta as it is in the Philly area. But like, I remember, you know, middle school, high school for me growing up, like there was, you know, th- there were maybe like three or four like top end like club teams. And, you know, if, if you weren't good enough to make the cut on any of those teams, like you, you would just play for your, um, you know, your, your, your town's athletic association or whatever. But um, I just think that there are way too many right now where like, it's pretty fucking clear that there are a lot of companies that have just been able to cash out on just offering anybody at all who has a checkbook a spot on a club team. Um, so, you know, you show up to these club tournaments and you play against teams that, um, you know, like these kids are, they, they shouldn't be playing club. Like they should be going to like 
individual skills clinics or they should be going to camps to like learn how to play lacrosse instead of just, you know, their, their dad decided to pay, you know, three grand to let little Tommy like sit the bench on some like 10 and under team that has like 50 guys. I don't know. There are just too many where it's, it's pretty clear that there's a lot of people just making money off of the sport. And it's like, okay, like, again, like a lot of these kids probably shouldn't be playing club lacrosse. They should just be getting better at lacrosse instead of, you know what I'm saying? Like go, I know what you're saying. Go develop your skills instead of playing on a tournament every Saturday or Sunday where you don't really learn how to do anything besides just like dodge one-on-one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that the biggest travesty is that those, those teams don't have real coaches. It's just like, there, there, there's, like there's like 20 different club teams like within a 10 mile radius now in Philly where like 15 yep. years ago, although I don't, yeah, I guess 15. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that old. So like 10, 15 years ago, there were like four and now yeah. there's at least 20. Agreed. When I, it was made for me, it was, you know, we had team Georgia, Trident and, Copperheads. That was those three teams, and the only teams we'd go up go up to the Northeast and play were like, you know, we played against the Florida Possums, which was like a huge. It was like the club team, Team Florida, uh, Long Island Express. We always played all Long Island Express, Long Island Sting, the Pride, uh, South Jersey Shamrocks. Those kids were mean. Just, they, 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 they're they're all like just like these big Italian kids with earrings and shit, yep. and just like. <laughs> The, so start fights with you tri-state was a big one yeah um and then other than that like you know like flanagan's club didn't really exist like yeah you, know, you know team 24 7 has really like taken over in north carolina everyone's got like their big like the the one now lb3 you know down in atlanta even though it's owned by the same parent company as like a bunch of other clubs um so but other than, yeah there's just the yeah know, and, and like there, there are some of those club teams that like they they bring in like you know guys that are like playing at like the highest level in college and like yeah. guys who, who can, you know, really teach these kids some, you know, a, a lot of things that they might not learn from, you know, whatever team that they're playing on in the spring yeah, where, it's like, where it's like someone's dad is like, Hey, you know, we're going to run the triangle offense. Um, <laughs> but then there, you know, but then there are other club teams where it's like, okay, like you just got like some high school kid who's like looking for like, $15 an hour and you're charging these parents like three grand for the summer. Like you're, you're not, you're just making as much money as you can off of it. So yeah, that that's pretty much where I'm at with club. Um, but yeah, good, good question. That is a good question. Thank you, Patrick. Um, what PLL weekend am I most excited for? Uh, I mean, gotta be Atlanta, right? Cause for me and then Philly for you, and yeah. that's, that's pretty the, the closest one to us. Um, I would love to see what Colorado Springs looks like. I'm sure that would be fun. Um, can Jake outbike the entire PLL? Yes, I will go head to head with anybody in the PLL minus a face-off guy because they probably have bigger legs than me. Anybody who's not a face-off guy will do a little Peloton challenge or something. I will absolutely rinse you. Depends. Are um, you is, is Rambo allowed to use training wheels? <laughs> The biggest battle this year is Rambo versus boats because I've never got, I've not quite gotten over his Instagram about no idea how this big boat floats. It is Rambo it, versus it, boats. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense how boats float. I understand it, it, that. It does not make a lot him of sense. being in awe over it enough to post it on his Instagram. is like, 
you know, it's mostly just steak and golf, but like to, for him to like, just, you know, out of ordinary content was fantastic. Um, should the Marist AD be arrested? Yes or yes. So I didn't know this. I didn't know that Mar- I, I guess I just didn't realize that Marist hasn't been playing. No. So they haven't been playing, but the whole school's have, back, but they have been going to school in person. And now they're saying that the only way that they can play is just if everyone gets vaccinated and like, like I'm, I'm not anti-vax or anything like that, but that's still like a wild thing to do because like literally no one else is doing that. No one's like, Hey, God, like you're literally watching. You don't need me. to do that for class. You don't, need to do do that. you don't need to do that for class. Literally like the rest of besides the Ivy nerds, and well, Holy Cross also just canceled their season. Um, but like no one else is like, hey, you got to get vaccinated to play. The pros aren't doing that yet. So like the fact that Maris is just like the, the, the goddamn balls that they have to say, hey, like the, the way that you guys can play is if everyone gets vaccinated. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Hashtag I, I just, free dude, Maris. Like, these kids are 18 to 22. They are in great shape. They are college athletes. And they want to play. Like, they're not going to be doing risky shit. Like, there's literally nothing. Like, nothing is going to happen if someone gets sick. You just quarantine them. Like, I, I don't understand how they could still be like this, like... I don't know, fucking soft about it. Um, I know. Yeah, so, 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 so the Marist, like, I get, hey, unprecedented times. Yeah, we've been in here for a, a whole goddamn year. Like, figure it out. Everybody else has, but the, like Marist. I, I think it would be different if everybody hadn't been playing for nine weeks already. Oh, my God. If yeah. this was in the first week, I get it. They've been playing for nine weeks. And, and, and I think that they just, like, they went, like, forever without anyone on the team testing positive. So, like, yeah. there were no positive tests, and they're like, yeah, well, you still can't play, but you can still go to class in person. So, yeah, Mar- Marist, yep. take, a, take a hike. Um, if I was a, a, a student athlete at Marist right now, um, I would just be glued to the transfer portal. Um, is the PLL – this is a this is a good one, actually. Is the PLL becoming too far detached from the game in order to attain more viewers? Okay. so. I get what this question is asking. They're asking, and this is one of the funniest things. It's like, one of the like, funniest like, things. Like, is the PLL like leaning too hard into like the, like the entertainment as like, uh, like, like, uh, like, like, like uh, having like Will Manny and all those guys pick who the, who they want to win the final four. Okay, right. Yeah, I think, yeah. that, I think he's asking like that. Are they, are they leaning into other, if they're becoming too far detached from the actual game. So it's funny because we asked them to be the lacrosse league, but they only played last week for last year for what, two weeks. So we asked them to stretch two weeks of content throughout the entire year, 365 days, right? They've got to post. So they just, they got to come up with stuff, right? Like I'm sure that, you know, somebody, I'm sure that our guys are sitting, you know, those guys are sitting there throwing the ball against the wall. Like, all right, what do we got? What do we got for tomorrow? What if we ask the guys who they want to win the final four? All right, crush it. That's a post. Write it down. So it's not that they're becoming detached from the game. Is that they have a responsibility to to 
keep up with the content. I don't think it's detached from the game at all. I actually think it's, it's funny, right? Like, cause I don't give, you know, I love Will Manny and Marcus Holman. I don't give a fuck what they think about the, the final four basketball, right? I, like I do not care. So like, I, I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't even watch it. That's, I'm not saying like, like, I don't care because I like somebody else. It's that I don't, I don't care, care because I'm not really watching it. I don't care about a lot of things. <laughs> I don't care about a lot of things. Yeah. So uh, it's um, just, it's funny. Yeah. And, and then like, there's also the people that, you know, again, like the whole Chris Hogan thing where like it, it's, you know, it, it seems as if the league is, you know, doing some things to just that maybe not be like the greatest lacrosse decision, but as far as like generating buzz and generating interest, like yep. it's a, it's a business decision. So like, if this question is asking, you know, like is the PLL a little too focused on these business decisions as opposed to lacrosse decisions? Um, one, I would say the answer to that's probably no. Like, I think that they probably put a lot of emphasis on these business decisions, but at the end of the day, like they still want what's best for lacrosse. Um, but that like, like it's just a lot of like I think that there are a lot of lacrosse fans out there that just kind of need to grow up a little bit and realize that hey like mm-hmm. listen lacrosse we we all want it to grow and we all want the game like we love we all fell in love with the game of lacrosse and you know what that game is to you can be different to what it is to someone else but like we all have like that purest form of lacrosse that we all originally fell in love with and like that's what we hold near and dear to our hearts but guess what there's like billions of people out there that don't give a fuck about what you're like how much you love the game so like you need to make some of these decisions that are going to get some of those people who don't give a fuck that you love the beauty of the game you just need to get them interested. And then, you know, as you keep generating more interest, then those people will fall in love with the game. And then the more people that are watching, the more money the league can bring in, the more money the league can bring in, the more that they can pay the players, the more that they can pay the players, the more, you know, kids out there look at professional lacrosse as an actual career goal. And then we get the best lacrosse that we could ever imagine. So like all of these decisions that seem like, you know, maybe the word I'm looking for isn't selfish, but like, it's the closest, like, like it, like self-interested for the PLL, like to grow their brand as opposed to the sport. It all has the end goal of making professional lacrosse an actual career goal as opposed to, because like how many times do you hear the joke? Oh, like, you know, how much do lacrosse players make like three grand a summer and then they all have to have regular jobs. Like, no, like eventually we want to get to the point where these guys get fucking paid some massive contracts, but that's only going to happen if we keep growing the sport and you need to make some business decisions that might be a little detached from the game, but it, you know, it all comes around in the end. So um, grow up, realize that lacrosse is still a niche sport and that, you know, sometimes we we need to make some uh, decisions that to grow it that might not, you know, necessarily just be all about the beauty of the game. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, Good questions, though. I, I, these, no, are, those, these, those, these are these are these are better than than I was expecting. I, yeah, I did check in on the on the Twitter, um, and a lot of the ones on the Twitter kind of sucked. So I feel like you're going off of the Instagram questions right now. Which yeah, is I am. Well, so one of the one of the ones from the Twitter um, from a very okay the the club very, one. I see that here in the Twitter. Yeah, that one's that one's in the Twitter. Um, this is from a. 
uh, a very, very loyal um, Grease Dive follower, Hayden. Um, what are the setups, the, what setups are the boys using on the field? Um, he says, since, you know, each stick only has a few, you know, a certain amount of goals for it, for beer league, like what do you, you know, what do you, do you use a different stick for beer league as opposed to warming up a goalie? Um, and then are you, are you, there's a second point of the question. Have you finally moved on from your murdered out sticks take? Because it's terrible. Um, um, I, I did break it out um, a couple days ago just because it was, so I used two sticks, right? I mostly used my, uh, my pal Pioneer. And mm-hmm. I've, I found that the way that that comes strong, it has like the perfect amount of, of whip and like just that little bit of, of zing when it when it comes out for my shots that feel like i feel like i'm shooting the best that i've ever shot in my life for some reason this year more like for you and and it's it's gotten to the point though where my goalie my high school goalies they don't let me warm them up during games um before a game because they know that when i warm up goalies i'm not i'm not shooting to warm them up i'm strictly shooting for myself you know, like I'm, I'm just trying to see how many corners I can hit. I can just trying to see how many times I can bring it, you know, that off stick hip, like right off the pipe and in. So they know that I'm not trying to warm them up. I'm just trying to stick corners. Um, and the pal pioneer does that. Uh, but no, I, I, the murdered out shrinking is still very nice. It's got a, a smoother release though. So I, I break that out in the rain just cause I think, okay. It's you know, rain stick. That, 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 that's my rain stick. It comes out nice and smooth. Um, what what are you using these days? Because I I see you putting out a couple of videos of you, shoot, you know, shooting on an empty net and just shoot. That's right, absolutely, just shredding the top shelf. Um, I'm using String King. Uh, I I got one of their Metal Pro shafts like a, like two years ago, and I upgraded to the composite. So I have two of the composite Pro String King shafts, the the poles with the with the the Mark Two D which is just an absolute vacuum for ground balls and it throws pretty nicely. And then I also have basically the same setup for my shorty, which, which is just the, the composite uh, shaft and the, the two a it's all white though. It's the whole thing is white. So it's like, you know, got to only play on turf. Can't, you know, I'm not breaking that out for grass or anything like that. Can't do it. Um, other, you know, if we're playing on grass, I have a, I have an STX X20 with, with, a, with an old metal pro shaft that I can throw on there. But I'm, I'll, I'm I'll team string king right now. Well, I'll tell you what helmet I'll be wearing when I'm out oh, there yeah? is, is going to be the STX rival. So if you guys have seen on our social pages, uh, at the crease dive on both Twitter and Instagram, STX hooked it up with some, uh, with, with some custom rivals for the boys. And these things are looking crispy. Um, so I, I don't know necessarily if if they'll be able to fit your head, Jake. I, I don't know. We're gonna try. We're we're, we're gonna try, but I know that they're definitely gonna fit mine. Um, yeah, I, I've I've said on this podcast before. I was not a fan of the stallion, but I think I've said on this podcast before. Um, we'll have to hire an intern just to find the clip of this. But I think I've said that the rival might be the nicest helmet in lacrosse. I'm I, I'm all. Om- I'm almost positive that that take is out there somewhere. I don't know if it's been on the podcast, if it's I been in the not. text. Um, but yeah, so you might have texted me that. That, that, might, that might, would be. might have texted you, but yeah. So, um, but no, I as far as six go, big big fan of shrinking. Love those guys. Um, also, big fan of of the pal pioneer, which 
so yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either. I'll tell you what, shrinking. If you guys want to send a uh, a women's lacrosse stick my way, I, I would also wouldn't be opposed to that as I've got a daughter who is starting to play. So you know, just just something to think about, shrinking. Yeah, proud dad moment. He loved that. Um, let's see, maybe like one last one. Let me let me pick a good one. Um, they want to know like about us, like if we had like what it was like me playing club and you playing in NCAA and like, did we have offers coming out of high school and whatnot? Like, this isn't about us. We're about, we're, we're, we're about, about us, bro. It's not, it's not about, it's not about the boys. But I'll tell you what, I was the uh, greatest practice player in NCAA division three college across history. Um, as far as an actual game day player, not so much, but in practice, you couldn't stop me. You know, there, there's guys who are so opposite that. that we knew, I knew a couple guys who were just trash in practice. They were so bad. They missed every fucking shot. And then on game day, something clicked where, you know, they might have been out all night or something, and they were, like, maybe still a little loose from the last night. And they'd have, like, three, four goals. Just yeah. – they were, like, see, get, see, just game day like, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy who, um, you know, I, w- I would always – I would know my role. And, and I, I knew that my role wasn't going to be – playing on the field my role was to just be the best scout offense guy that i possibly could so i i'd watch film of the guy who i was supposed to be on the scout offense try to do everything i could that they do and get my boys ready for the you know get my get my stallions who are ready to go out there to compete so i i helped my guys get ready um but yeah it was it was definitely better for everybody involved if i um was just cheering on the boys from the sideline I wasn't, I mean, I'm peaking, my, my athletic career is peaking right now. I was uh, literally just not even in my own body in college. Um, you know, club club is different. The landscape is different. It, it all really depends on like what school you go to. So um, some schools have more facilities for lacrosse than others. University of Georgia does not. Um, they play on like the club, like the club, like the rec sports fields, which are grass and like Georgia Tech. Uh, shout out any of the tech guys who have, who are my lots of reply guys on Twitter. Um, they get to practice like five days a week on a nice club, a nice turf field. Right. So you you think if you, you know, if UGA gets the field twice a week and Georgia tech gets it five, there's this turf. Ours is not, you know, like, like uh, just by sheer touches, right. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, there's about, there's a bunch of other schools that have, you know, good, but the club lacks scene is strong. There's a lot of guys um, who were going to play club and decided to go play NCAA. Um, there's a, Oh my God, they were talking about him on UVA. He was going to go play at Cal and he walked onto the UVA squad against the big LSM. I can't remember his name, but I mean, uh, Chandler Catanzaro at Denver. It's a strong name. Uh, a couple years ago was going to go play club and Tierney picked him up. So like, there's a lot of talent out there in club. Um, but I mean, it's obviously very facility dependent. I tore my AC. I did the classic mistake. I tore my ACL my senior year of high school and just stopped calling coaches back. Cause I was mad. I was real butthurt about it. So uh, not how really like happened to me. Yeah. How could this it happen only to, happens me? Like, to me? Yeah, that's right. You know, you're 17 years old and your world just crumbles. Right. So uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I think, I think nowadays if I had done that, you know, seeing that, you know, 
all of the, some of the facilities that some of these schools have, like the, you know, you, they, you know, an injury doesn't necessarily negate a scholarship nowadays. Um, I probably would have treated it a little bit different, but other than that, uh, I had fun playing club. You probably but, have some eligibility left and I know you love going back yeah. to college. So let's, let's see if we can uh, get Jake on the roster next spring. That's right. As the make a wish kid. Um, um Let's go one more question though. That's not about us to finish it off because that was, yeah, let's finish. Oh, I had a, I had a good one. I just had it pulled up. Um, I, it was about Notre Dame. Like uh, is Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame has to be in the conversation as a title contender now. Uh, yes and no. I mean, they're the yes and no in the nation. So yeah. I mean, it's yes and no because Yes, they look really good. Pat Kavanaugh is crazy good, but are they just having like a really good couple of weeks? Are they having a good couple of weeks? Like that Duke, like well, like did Duke beat themselves? Like these are the questions that we have to start asking, right? Like, so I guess this can kind of like that's a good segue into the weekend preview because uh, I don't. Just I, I, I will. I will say that I still like when I look at Notre Dame, I don't see them as a Memorial Day weekend team. Yeah, they they don't play until next third. They don't play until the twenty second. Like, they- like I like I I close my like I'm thinking about Memorial Day weekend. I see Maryland there. I see Duke there. I see UNC there. You don't see Notre Dame though. I, I I like yeah like I I just um I'm trying to think about who has this it like it, it might be. <sighs> someone's had the thing before where like you look at a quarterback and like, if you like like a quarterback in the NFL and like, can you like close your mind and picture them holding the Lombardi trophy up with the confetti falling behind them? And like that, Mm. like that's how, you know, like if you have a guy or not, if I look at this Notre Dame team and I close my eyes, like, can I see them? Eh, I'm doing it right now, which is this is bad radio because you guys can't see me closing my eyes and like the way that my face is going. I actually might. I I wouldn't. I would be. Um, I I would say that I I could see them being there. Um, but I'm gonna do the classic thing that we love to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not either. So that way I have all my bases covered. But I will say. Yeah, I will say that I think that it's it's at least time to consider them being a contender. I I still think that they're probably pretty young, pretty green, um, but I think like this, I I think that we can see Pat Cavanaugh and that group at Memorial Day weekend at some point for sure. Maybe not this year, but soon. Okay, I think that's a pretty strong take. Um... I don't know. I, I, I would like to think that Notre Dame could, 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 you know, they've caused quite a ruckus in the past few weeks. Um, I just look I at the they, other teams that are there and it's like, yeah, like obviously you have all those ACC teams, but I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a bracket guy, so I don't know exactly how it would work out. I feel like there's no possible way that it would shake up that you could have three ACC teams there. Like, I feel like the way that the bracket would be set up is like, right. It like it would just be set up for two of them. So then, um, so I guess I would go like I would I would probably say Duke North Carolina. But again, like Notre Dame has proven that they have the defense to kind of 
Yeah, and then Virginia's there. Oh my fucking god, dude, the ACC. Um, yeah, I mean Maryland, two ACCs, and then if uh, I mean if TD is just winning every single faceoff known to man, then Denver will also just find a way to sneak their way in there, and Bill Tierney will just. God damn. I mean, that's the other thing. Is like you gotta have. I mean, I feel like Denver's got to be in the conversation as well. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel yeah, and, like and, we got to talk again, about like, Denver like too. Like, yeah, and like, do we have to talk about Denver? Like, not if we're gonna say that Maryland's strength of schedule is is gonna because, like, think think about what Denver's been working with ever since that they lost back to back with Duke, North Carolina. Like, they've the Big East is not a lacrosse conference. Um, you and like Georgetown, yeah, like they're they're fun to watch sometimes. Jake Haraway, obviously, just a real great lacrosse player to to watch, but like the Big East stinks. They're not playing against anybody good, and and the you know the two big games that they had. Obviously, you know again it was early in the season, so we're not going to hold that against them, especially because TD wasn't there yet. But you know they dropped that one to Duke, and then they got throttled by UNC. Um, but Again, you, you do have to put Denver there, though, because um, that offense can score, and TD is going to win you every single faceoff, and they have, like, 15 goalies on their roster, so one of them has to be hot at that time. So I think Denver will be in the mix. Notre Dame will be in the mix. Like, I think all those teams are quarterfinal teams, um, and then who knows? Like, anything can happen in those games. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean – Notre Dame very much deserves to be in that conversation right now. I guess that's where I would end on that question. Okay. I mean, I totally, you know, we have to start, we have to start talking about Denver too. You know, Denver's got to be in the conversation. And I mean, as we get closer, I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll start talking bracketology and, and all of you nerds will, will uh, just the word bracketology, like makes me I know. hurt. I know, I know. Um, and like, like I love filling out brackets, and but like, like and just, I, I, just it's, the, the, the the assembly of the bracket makes my brain hurt. Not because like I hate it, like just I don't, I don't. We'll just know. have guys smarter than like, us do it, right? Exactly. We'll have Dan Arrestia. We'll have Dan do it for us. Dan loves that shit. Hey, we'll have he Dan, hey Dan, Dan, fill in us a bracket. Tell me, tell me which we have. Joe Keegs, you know, Joe Keegs would do it gladly. Yeah, so, a lot, lot, yeah. Lot, lot of people who are smarter than us. Chris Yastrzemski. Yeah, Chris is way smarter than we are. He's the one who asked if I could outbike the PLL. So, genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, you'll have you'll have seen that Virginia and Duke played. Um, uh, Virginia unless played it's, unless it's in, unless it's in its like fortieth overtime right now. Could be. It could be in its fourth heel of the time. I'm thinking this one was a real barn burn. I'm going to act like the game's been played. Wow. Connor Schellenberger and Peyton Cormier and Charlie Bertrand and Doc Sakin all played so well. Ian Laviano had that crazy goal. And Michael Sowers uh, did his thing. Ultimately, Virginia came out on top by one. Is Duke on fraud alert? There we go. Hey, well, man, I mean, this is one of the I, – I know people probably, at least people outside of Philly, probably get sick of me stroking off Philly lacrosse all the time every they single do. episode. Um, but, I mean, if there's 
one group of guys in college across right now who probably know a thing or two about Michael Sowers. It would be guys like Matt Moore and Doc Zakin who grew and Jeff Connor, uh, who grew up playing with them, you know, playing Dukes with them. Um, so, I mean, they, they could probably get, uh, obviously, you know, these are all, these are the top end D one team. So they probably have a ton of film on all these guys. They probably do a ton of scouting. So, um, but, Big, big Philly matchup here with, with those guys going up against Sowers. And um, I think that's kind of – it's going to elevate a little bit. Like Sowers is going to see Matt Moore stick one from 17. So he's going to have to put his defender on his ass. And then Docs is going to see Sowers put his defender on his ass. And he's going to be like, oh, shit, I got to now just stick – two on the run right away. And then Jeff Connor coming out of nowhere with four goals this past weekend, he's going to have to get himself going. So it's uh, a, a rising tide floats all ships and Matt Rambo has no idea how any of them float. <laughs> that but, was uh, excellent. That was poetry. But yeah, so, I mean, obviously the game already happened. Um, totally agree with you though. Boat race, coin flip. What do you say, Virginia coming out on top? Yeah, by I said one. Virginia, and, and, Virginia and, by and, one. Yeah, so now Duke's on fraud alert. Yeah, Duke's on fraud alert. So hate to see it. Hate to see it. And we don't even need to talk about the Big Ten games because we can just tell you who's going to win those. Ken, uh, uh, this Friday night game. So I don't know about Penn State and Michigan. You guys are listening to this right now. Never mind. Penn State, Michigan. That might be. I mean, Michigan's already knocked off Saint or not Saint John's. I was going to say Saint John's Hopkins. Um, oh God. Yeah. This 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 uh, podcast has been going on for way too long without a uh, without a guest for us to talk to. So it's just now my brain's exploding. Um, Michigan, Penn State. I don't know. I. For for ultimate chaos, give me Michigan in this one. Yeah, give me give me Michigan, and then let's get on a fire Tambroni movement. That would be crazy. If if I Penn mean State, he, if if Penn State loses to Michigan, I think that 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 <laughs> movement might be more than just us. Yeah, I think that might be more than just us. I mean, I'm I'm half joking, right? Um, and then Virginia gets to play again on Saturday and absolutely <laughs> beat the piss out of Utah. Um, yeah, tough. Uh, let's see. Gonna have a, a tough day in the office for Will Manny and the boys. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Um, okay, so Syracuse, North Carolina. That's a nice one. Um, see, this is the thing. You look at Syracuse and you look at North Carolina and you're like, wow, that should be a 15-15 game. But then you think, oh, Syracuse, huh? They're five and three. Didn't uh, didn't we tell Chris Gray something about uh, when he plays against Cuse and he has to chirp uh, Drake Porter? That's right. Or no, That's or right. no. He he was gonna chirp when Nikki Solomon did something, right? I th- I think that that's kind of what we ended on because he doesn't chirp yeah. when he does something. He no, does... it's when yeah. So when when Nikki Solomon uh, or you know Tanner Cook or somebody. Uh, shreds one, uh, you know, p- puts one right past Drake Porter, and it's turning rake. You have to, uh, you know, tell him, hey, maybe next time, bud. Um, okay, so, so I, I think that the biggest thing that everyone just needs to keep an eye out in this game on Saturday between Cuse and UNC is just just watch watch for Chris Gray on, you know, when the camera pans to him after goals, <laughs> and just see if you can see that chin moving up and down, um, and then hopefully they cut to another friend of the program, Drake Porter, and, and see if he's giving it right back. Cause we know that 
the Canadians don't uh, they don't take that quietly. So that that that's a nice little battle though between a couple of recurring. Are they guys. playing in the dome? They got to be right because Syracuse has all uh, of, yeah I, I all of their that, games in the fucking yeah. dome. Syracuse has just like told teams like, hey guys, like our bus is in the shop. We uh we actually can't yeah. come to your house today. They must be. Uh, but yeah, no that that is at Cuse, so that'll be at the dome. That's three p.m. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot of great games Saturday at, at noon. Um, but that yeah, that the three p.m. UNC at Cuse. I'd imagine that that's probably that's probably an ESPNU game, right? At the very least, it's ACC Network. Gotta um, be. But yeah, so a battle between two two time guests of the crease dive. So um, yeah, I, I just. Like Cuse has to get themselves going, though, um, you know, and and they were able to get the win against Albany, but that's you know a win against Albany when Dehoga's not on the squad. Um, I think that they would have won anyway, um, but you know that loss to Duke was a great game. Uh, the loss to Notre Dame was a, a, a shellacking. Um, so this is this is a Syracuse team that needs to get themselves going, but unfortunately they're going up against the UNC team who is coming off of back-to-back really tough losses, um, but like not bad losses at all, just like tough ones to swallow. So UNC is going to come out firing. I, I'd probably go heels in this one. I'd probably go heels too, like by four or five. Maybe Syracuse keeps it close. I you know I I would love to, I would love to think that you know Lucas Quinn and Jamie Trimboli and Owen Hiltz can can keep this team afloat. I, you know, I'd love for them to make it close. So hopefully they do. Yeah. Um, Hofstra Delaware a little bit later in the day. That's you know we'll see if the CAA just likes to keep going for more chaos. Uh, the rest of the Big Ten. I mean Rutgers will beat Hopkins. Uh, the Sunday games Lehigh will spank Lafayette. Maryland, Ohio State. Like again, like I think that Maryland beats the brakes off of Ohio State, but do you think that maybe they just want to get a, a loss out of the way right now so that they can head into the NCAA <laughs> tournament and not have to worry about keeping the perfect season afloat? Yeah, I mean that, that's you have to get your one loss in, right? You know, that listen, is... listen, listen. If 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 I know if I know Coach Tillman, like I think I know Tillman. He uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he he's definitely a guy who's just going to throw the flag on a game and just wave the white flag and be like, Hey guys, you can beat us. I'm, we're not. Yeah. Gonna that's his MO. Yeah. You know, <laughs> can't even say with that, a straight face. Do you think that he sleeps with the iPad? Yeah. He's got, to, yeah. Right? When we, when it's, yeah, it's gotta be there. Like just in case, like he like kind of like has a dream and he needs to wake up and like go like right to a play on film and be like, ah, yeah, there we go. I had that right. Like, when we had just glued to his hand when we were chilling at the PLL championship game. Right. And Tillman was down on the field watching the boys, you know, he had like the iPad, like tucked away in his backpack, you know, like oh, a yeah. drawstring bag, you know, he just had it with him just Listen, in case he needed to draw something up for the boys. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just need to crush him film. You never yeah. know when he's, you know, he's got that, uh, um, you know, Philip rivers, you know, since when, when he wanted to, uh, commute an hour and a half there and back to the Chargers facility. You know, they had that like custom Escalade made with the big TV in it. That's what Tillman has, you know, so he can watch film all the time. Just got the driver taking him to and to and from College Park. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 
driver, uh, take the long route. I got to uh, break down some of these clears that we had. <laughs> we failed one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, so that's your weekend slate of games. Um, so yeah, I mean, UNC Q's, that'll be tight. <laughs> Penn state, Michigan will probably be a little tight. Um, so not, not the busiest weekend of all time, uh, but still plenty of lacks. We're getting closer. May's going to be here before you know it. So drink it all in boys and girls. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the mailbag episode it's it's been a while since we got to kind of talk to you guys um hear from you guys so so that was good uh next week we will be back um i don't want to jinx anything yet but she has already agreed to come on the podcast so we will be having who i believe to be the most electrifying player in all of college across so far this <laughs> season charlotte north from boston college so we will be speaking to her next week um unless you guys scare her away so please don't do that Uh, And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.